This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Valerie's Variety Podcast. Today, we have a special interview with Janice Wilby, soon to be Reeves. She came from good, humble beginnings, surviving a five-car pileup as a teenager, and then moving from a big city to a small northern Saskatchewan Aboriginal town, starting high school. With her mom and her younger sister, and then having a baby at a young age, she then went back to school, ending up as a communications consultant in policing and corrections, where she loves to push continuous improvement every day. And she also met her fiancé in jail. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Janice. Hi, Val. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to have you on the show today just to talk about kind of our past and how our families were basically blended together when we were teenagers and at a young age and just kind of talk about our career paths together. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just want to introduce Janice Wilby, soon to be Reeves, soon to be Janice Reeves, yep. to Valerie's Variety Podcast. We're sort of sisters. So mm-hmm. our parents met when we were, Janice was 15 and I was 16 or almost 16. And um, in small town, Meadow Lake. Oh yeah, what a what a recipe for success, hey? Yes. <laughs> How many people lived in Meadow Lake at the time? Oh my goodness, I don't know, six hundred, probably or so. Yeah, and it was pretty small. Pretty small. <laughs> pretty small. Well, and I came from Regina, right? And I came from Edmonton. Yeah, so we came from cities into this tiny little community. Yeah, with one stoplight. One stoplight, and um, we were Caucasian in a mix of <laughs> Aboriginal people. This was a challenge for and sure. That was an eye opener for a couple of teenagers. Yeah. You had recently had a horrible car accident, is that right? Yeah, I did. Um, that was in 92, so right. 1992. Uh, we had in September, September, yeah, and we had packed up our house in Regina, Saskatchewan, and uh, was kind of slowly bringing loads into our new home in Meadow Lake. And we had gone we because of the the chaos and moving. So we being you and your mom, yeah, and uh, my younger sister Michelle, and you had so. a couple of pets. Or one pet at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had mittens, think right? we didn't get our special pet until we got to Meadow Lake. Which we're so. going to talk about in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> so we, because of, we were moving and there was a lot of chaotic things, we weren't able to um, celebrate my birthday, which was on September uh, 3rd. So that following weekend, we were in Regina getting a getting a, another load from the house and uh, ended up in a five-car pileup. So um, my mom 
was driving and ran a red light by accident, trying to take me to buy my birthday birthday present. Yeah, so she feels, to this day, she feels really, really horrible about it. But yeah, I... I ended up in traction for around six months in the ho- in various hospitals, Regina. So this was in September. Was it like stormy out or was no. the weather? It was really nice out. Um, yeah. It, uh, so it was just a regular busy mom. Yeah. Busy mom being distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of kids in the car. Uh, my sister wasn't in the car. Okay. So that was good because uh, the oncoming traffic had hit my side. Okay. And so it just... And you're in the passenger in the front? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, broken femur, crushed um, hip right hip. Yeah. Right. So um, was rushed to um, general... I think it was a general hospital. I don't know. I, I visited a, a few hospitals yes, during that I'm time. Sure so did. it's yeah. a little blurry, but uh, yeah, ended up in traction in Saskatoon, in a hospital in Saskatoon. And oh, so, so the accident was in Regina, and you ended up in Saskatoon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The, so some of this I didn't know. I knew about the yeah. accident, but I didn't realize it was so close to yeah. actually when we met. And yeah. So it was it was pretty bad. Um, but I mean, everything was. The doctors were great. The doctor at the time, his name was Doctor Dust, and bone specialist. He was amazing. Wow. And I think it was a few, at least maybe four reconstructive surgeries and. Have were they consecutive or were you able to like leave the hospital and go back to school and no I had to stay in in traction wow. yeah, for all of that so so yeah so what grade were you in then grade I think eight? that would have been in uh junior high school I was in. yeah so grade Jonah eight, Sampson grade junior high oh Jonah Sampson <laughs> right get old middle like Jonah Sampson yes so I think yeah that was grade eight grade eight yeah wow mm-hmm so most of grade eight, you yeah. were in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then did you start grade nine in Meadow Lake? Because I started I grade, well, I was, we moved to Meadow Lake in January. And I think I started like partway through the year, like second semester or something in high school. So I started grade 10 there. So you mm-hmm. were in grade eight or nine? I was, in, I was in grade eight, but I didn't spend a lot of time there because I was mostly in the hospital when I came Yay. out. Yeah. Um, I was home. I had home care cause I couldn't do the stairs. Wow. So, and I actually lived in that house. So I know what yeah. you're talking about. There's like a ton a of stairs. Duplex, like a million stairs. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I ended up getting back to school, but it was for a very short time in, in, uh, middle school there. And then I went straight into grade nine at Carpenter high school, middle lake. Mm. Yeah. So you're all healed after all these years. Oh, yeah. A few yeah. years have passed. Yeah. I'm still walking. And it's good. Yeah. And you haven't had any repercussions from it? No, like... Uh, yeah, I've had a couple, like, in the winter. Arthritis and stuff? Yeah, or... osteoarthritis I've okay. got. And, you know, just, I mean, I'm almost, I'm 40 in September now. Right. right? So... Congratulations. Yeah. Moving over to the, uh, over the in 40. In the 40 zone. Yes. <laughs> We hate to admit it, but embrace it. <laughs> embrace yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I've got issues, but it, I'm. It's not. It's not anything that uh, that I can really complain about, considering, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, quite the feat for somebody at your age to go through. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
our parents met. So Janice's mom's name is Kathy, and my dad's name is Michael. My dad was a teacher at the Meadow Lake Sias campus where Janice's mom was a student, which, of course, Ooh. yeah, was <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And so Janice and I had to, like, secretly prance around because our parents weren't supposed to be dating at this small town yeah. college. Yeah. And barely, like, they moved there. September of the following year. So we were there in January and you guys moved in September, right? September of 92 and then you guys... Oh, January of 93. Okay, so we were the year after. Yeah. And our parents pretty much started dating immediately. Right. And then um, we were a family very soon after. Mm -hmm. Like within a year or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fast. And then they got married... A few years later. Like, they got married in 97, right? Oh, did they? I'm looking at their photo right now. I don't know. Oh, that's their wedding cake there. Let me just look. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. We're sitting here in um, our mom and dad's place in Dalmanese, Saskatchewan, at their kitchen table. So we're kind of, like, embracing the surroundings while we're sitting in here. Anyway, so yeah, so our parents started dating and then we ended up all living together in small apartments and my older sister Lisa wasn't really part of this situation because she was already moved out, but we had Janice's younger sister Michelle and then both of our parents and a cat, a couple of cats, Baby and Mittens. What yeah. was your cat's name? Mittens, yeah, mittens. right? Yeah. Holy smokes. Good memory. That was a long time ago. Hey? <laughs> what was your favorite memory of living in Meadow Lake? Do you have any favorites? So every time I think about, I, I don't know why it sticks in my head, but okay, I just thought that it was the funny, funniest thing. And I know I think we've, I've talked to you about it before. It came, it comes up, but. Okay. So, okay, so Valerie and I are only, like, maybe a little bit more than a year apart. And so... I'm older, unfortunately. <laughs> older and wiser, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so Meadow Lake was a real um, party house kind of town. Um, and so when you're in high school, like, so I, I'm in grade 9, Valerie's in grade 10... Valerie's friends are the coolest, right? I thought, oh my gosh, look at all of her friends. They're so cool. And one weekend, (laughs) (laughs) Valerie was going to a house party. And I think she was dating a guy. It was probably Fred. It was Fred, yeah. Yeah. Who used to always call me pie face. And I I know. He did? What a jerk. I know. Anyway. That's so funny. (laughs) So, So I asked Val can I come to this party with you? And she's like, sure, let's go. And so you brought me to this. I don't know how we got there. Maybe Fred drove. Probably. So she gives me this. All my friends drove. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. gives me this big pep talk. Mm -hmm. I did. In the car. Okay. What would I say? You said, okay, so we're going to this house. I can't remember. You said who it was. Okay. And um, so I couldn't talk to any of your friends. (laughs) I couldn't. (laughs) I had to sit at the kitchen table and I couldn't drink anything. Oh my so I'm like, well, what the heck am I doing? Then? And I'm wasting a perfectly good Friday night. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
but whatever, we're already there. So we get into this house and it's packed and people are having fun and she marches, I think I remember this. she marches me up the stairs and there's the kitchen table and nobody's upstairs. Everybody's like downstairs. Really? So yeah. So oh here you, you sit, you seat me at the table at the head of the table and you're like, okay guys, come on up here. And everybody comes up and they're like, this is my sister Janice, my stepsister Janice. Do not feed her any alcohol. If you do, <laughs> you'll have to. You'll be talking with me or battling with me. Oh my god! I so never heard. So don't start. talk to her and no booze. Just leave her be. And everybody's like, okay. And then everybody went downstairs. So here I am, do to do, sitting upstairs in a like at some random. So I just. I was like, um, okay, I'm out of here. So I took off. Do you remember Oh, that? my God. I was like, okay, I'm gone. And I just disappeared. <laughs> and then we were looking for you everywhere. I think you might have been. Yeah, I'm pretty I just sure I home. phoned dad and said, your mom answered the phone. I'm like, oh, hey, Kathy. Oh, hi. How are you girls doing? Oh, good. Can I talk to dad? <laughs> and then I'm like, dad, Janice has left. I don't know where she is. We need to go look for her. And then dad's like, okay. I will call you back. And so <laughs> then I can hear your mom. What's going on over there? Oh, nothing. Just going to go get yeah. some cigarettes or Take, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Takes a while to walk Lord. home. So that's your best memory? No, that was oh, the funniest. Funniest. It just oh, yeah. kind of always comes into my mind sometimes. So. I was so good to you back then, hey? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Shoot. I should have been nicer. <laughs> Best memories. Hmm. Well, I have a funny memory. Okay. So you and I had to share a room upstairs. Like at your house or at No, at your house. Okay. And so we used to sleep head to toe in your single bed. Oh, yeah. And then when your mom had a pet named Stella, Stella had to sleep with us in this bed. Oh, my God. And so Stella was a black pot belly pig who ended up becoming very large. <laughs> and so that's the special pet that we were talking about earlier. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, we had to share a bed with Stella, who was kind of fun to sleep with. She was pretty snuggly. Yeah. Noisy, but I didn't really like her much. No, neither did Dad. No. No. It was weird. Yeah. So okay. we slept head to toe in this bed and we had to share the bed with, with Stella. Stella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were like teenagers, yeah. like. Well, was Stella like fully grown then? When she like, because she started out really nice and small. She was so cute, eh? And then all of a sudden, she became as big as like half of that full size couch, that big brown couch in the oh living room. Do you God. remember that thing? Yes. So, so that means that Stella was probably as big as a large dog. Yeah, but much rounder. Yeah, stubbier. Mm-hmm. No tail. I don't believe that she was ever really. It was, she was a fake potbelly pig. They said she wouldn't grow. Yeah, she didn't and, grow. They said. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then your mom would make us walk her and stuff. Make us whatever. <laughs> she made me walk that pig. <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. We had track- I made the paper, Valerie. Oh my god, <laughs> Meadow Lake Times. Remember I she had put the- her in the kiss the pig contest and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oi, and she used to paint her hooves red. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And and she would bath her in um, Avon products or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like, like baby that. oil or something oh like my that. God. Yes. Anyways, that was our pet belly pig named Stella. <laughs> Best 
But you had your daughter, Alina, mm-hmm. at a very young age. Yeah. You were married t- young. Yep. How old were you when you got married? I was 21. 21. And I had Alina... No, wait. So I had Alina when I was 20. So I was pregnant throughout my my like my whole 19th year. And then... Yeah. So had her when I was 20. And then I think maybe I was... So she was three years old. I remember her being a little when, bit older. Yeah. Two or three. Because you got married, married yeah. in 1999? Maybe that's why that marriage didn't work out, because I don't remember. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's quite this possible. Is, yeah. <laughs> I do remember, though, you being a fantastic mom. Oh, thank you. To her. And I remember coming and visiting you out in Regina Beach. Yes. And you had a little yeah. home there. Yeah. Oh, I loved that place. It was such a cute house. Yeah. Little house at the beach. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good memory, hey? Yeah. I yeah. loved I loved it out there. Yeah. And so you were out there for a few years. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So how old's Alina today? Alina turns 20 next month on April 6th. Oh my gosh. April so, 6th. Yeah. yeah. 20 years old. It's a bit of a, I don't know. I'm still it's a kind milestone. Of processing that. Yeah. Totally. But I mean, it's good. Um, I mean, what's the upside about this whole thing? Yeah, when you're, when you have um, kids young, it. I don't know if it's more of a struggle when you're young versus when you're older. But is it because everything's um, a struggle? So it's just one more thing, kinda, or is it like just kind of fits into the growing pains of life? I don't know. It's like um, when you're 19 and 20, you're kind of supposed to be getting into the bar scene and having you know, that phase in your life. And I never, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. So um, I guess it's, it was a bit of a struggle that way because I didn't have any friends right. who could, you know, identify with this. <clears throat> Not many anyway. So, you know, everybody's out on a weekend having fun and you're, you know, you can't, you're at home and, you know, just kind of trying to take care of yourself and relaxing and parenting uh, or parenting. Yeah. Right. So wifing. Mm-hmm. All those duties. Yeah. The The good thing about it, though, is that I'm 40. My kid is moved out and gone. Mm-hmm. She's good. She didn't turn out, out to be... I don't know if you cuss on this podcast, but she didn't... She turned out to be a good person. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's good. I mean... Yeah, know, so I'm, our I'm lives were really different because I waited till yeah. I was 35 to have London. Yeah. And you had your babies early, so we're kind mm-hmm. of at opposite sides of parenting right now, being the same yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yep. And Janice is a great auntie to London. London adores you and talks about you all the time. <laughs> so I'm super proud of you. Thanks. You're a great mom. Oh, thanks. So yeah. are you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Janice is in communications, so when I told her about doing this podcast, she immediately got out a notepad and pen, <laughs> started jotting down all kinds of things. She had to make sure she said and did and wanted to messages. review. Yeah. 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 So uh, tell me about how you got into this role, because I remember being in school and we weren't exactly A students. You went into back to school. Mm-hmm. And what did you take? And how old were you? Like, how did that all kind of come together? It's kind of an interesting thing because, I mean, right now, um, so communication, I love communications. Communications was my 
full-blown career mm-hmm. uh, for 10 years, 11 years. And then I ended up in, in continuous improvement area. And but what does that mean exactly? Continuous improvement, it's like, um, it's a meth- there's a methodology that I follow that includes a lot of engagement. It's business, improving your business and keeping it visual so you can uh, be flexible. So it's in the corporate environment. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it can, this, this can be carried into your personal business, your, your own business. If you've got it, I'm just starting my own new little business spray tanning, which is super fun. About that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm using the methodology to stand that up, but, um, the way that I got to my continuous improvement career had very much to do with my 10 year professional, um, sort of career that I did for 10 years. So, the way I got into it was I went to SIAST in Regina, Saskatchewan. Okay, for, yeah. I took office education. Okay. It was random, It, but what I liked about it was that it was in, encompassing. So it was very much sort of administrative type of duties, typing. Okay, so SIAST is the Saskatchewan Institute of Applied Science and Technology. Yes, SAS so Polytech it's, now, I think. Right. Yeah. So it's called State Polytech or SAST SAS Polytech. Polytech, yeah. yeah. So in Alberta, they changed state to to be state Polytech. Really? Yeah, it's weird. No. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it's basically our college here for technical and practical mm-hmm. skills. Yes. In Saskatchewan. Okay. So, anyways, go yeah. ahead. So I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but this this office education course seemed like it's a, it was well rounded typing, accounting. Um, so what did you take? Business communication. So I took, it was office education. So okay. it's just like everything under the sun when you want to be an admin assistant. Oh, okay. So you kind of went for like an EA type position. Yeah. Okay, well, got it. So that's kind of what I was going for. But uh, one, of my instru- one of my typing instructors um, one day. You took typing? I took typing. Oh my I God. did. So this is a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Keyboarding, whatever you call it. Um but he, I could not get my 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 time up. I couldn't I couldn't okay. get any faster, and I was just getting so frustrated. And one day, the instructor just he stood up, and I'm like, ah, oh, really frustrated. And he, he says to me, you know, Janice, how are you ever going to be a good admin person if you don't know how to type? Right. And it just floored me because I'm like, oh You're my gosh, so hard. Well, I was like, I don't want to be an admin person. Right. So at that moment, I knew that I didn't want to be an admin person, but all of these skills were transferable to something else. I just had to figure that out. Okay. So my practicum at the end of this whole thing put me at a place called Information Services Corporation in Regina, which dealt with land titles. And I landed my practicum spot in communi- their public relations branch. Oh, at the facility? At the at, at uh, Information Services Corporation. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. And there I met, I worked for a lady called, uh, named Virginia Wilkinson, mm-hmm. who was the director of communications there. And I really just worked on their kind of signature program. And she says, she asked me, you know, what do you want to do uh, when you grow up? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Right. It's like events and working with people and talking okay, with okay. media. So she told me, okay, go back to university. Yay. That's the... So did you public speak in school or anything like that? No, I was very shy. 
Okay. But you knew you wanted to be a public speaker. I kind of wanted just to do something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so she pointed me back to university. So I went and I took my public relations certificate and voila. Um, during that time, I think it took me seven years because I had, I was a full time mom, right? right. So I had to do it so, in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. But along the way, I, you know, landed communications positions here and there as I completed my uh, certification. It landed me in uh, corrections, justice, um, corrections, um, and policing. So, which was fantastic. I loved working at the corrections and policing because it was so... Uh, unique. Different. Yeah. Unique, right? Like it's yeah. the raw of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's no easy job. I mean, like. So where did you work? Like what kind of facility did you work in when you got into that role? I didn't work at a facility. I actually worked out of the main deputy minister's office. Oh, wow. Okay. So what I did was I wrote speeches for the premier on the topic of like corrections and policing. I wrote speeches for MLAs on the topic and for my own deputy minister. So what were these speeches like? Like, was it, um, you know, you had some sort of a riot going on and you had to talk to the public about their process or? The speeches were generally for events, like good positive events. Okay, yeah, Um, yeah. And then media relations side of things, those things were very much, you know, when inmates escape or when there's a death, um, things like this contraband. Um, so what I, so you would write the script that they would say, or would you be on, would you be in front of the cameras doing the announcement? Both. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would do both because I mean, depending on what the content is and how sensitive it is, you know, some people just don't want to hear it from a communications person. Right. Journalists and, and the public want to hear it from, you know, the deputy or from the ADM. So what was your assistant. title? I was communica- a senior communications specialist or consultant. Okay. I think it was consultant. Okay. Yeah. So so what were some of the um, media things you had to to say? Like, was there some hard ones that you had to come out and They discuss? were all... Ju- <laughs> There was no, the, the media relations, there was, it was rarely good news, but there, there were some, I mean, when we're announcing, um, you know, funding for, um, municipal police services and things like that, those were good news stories. There were some, some pretty tough ones. Um, and there was one in particular that, uh, one case that we worked that actually brought me to my current role in continuous improvement. And that was probably the most difficult one I had ever really come across. What had happened, this, this, I'll set the scene. Okay, set the scene. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we're in Saskatoon, well, Dalmany, Saskatchewan, which is only about 10 minutes outside of Saskatoon. But what happened was there was... An inmate who uh, needed medical attention and needed wanted to go to the hospital in in Saskatoon. Okay. And so, so how far is the facility from the hospital? 
Oh, I don't know. It's, it's close. It's like in the Saskatoon area. Okay. So everything was, you know, the inmate was taken to the hospital, uh, protocols, all that stuff. But what is some stuff went a little sideways. Uh, what ended up happening was, uh, the inmate somehow got out of his, uh, shackles and, Oh my God. Yeah. And took a hostage. Okay. And which, so was this immediately when he was in custody or was it like en route to? No, he was at the hospital oh, in Saskatoon. Was, okay. Yeah, being, he was about to be treated or was being treated. And so, um, took a hostage with a, a weapon and ended up escaping the hospital. Oh my word. And with so, the hostage. Uh, let the hostage go. No, okay. nobody was hurt. Thank goodness. He was he he was now MIA. So officers and are what out kind of facility was this? Maximum, minimum? Was he? Uh, it was a provincial correctional okay. facility. So it's like, so I mean, the way that this stuff works is that federal federal prisons, and mm-hmm. there are there's one federal prison here in Saskatchewan, and that's in Prince Albert. Okay. But uh, what what'll happen is that in, if you're given federal time, mm-hmm. you'll serve it out in a, in a federal prison. Yes. And then your uh, sentence will be, you'll serve your time. And when your sentence gets down to two years, less a day, that's right. the tagline, yeah, yeah. then you're eligible okay. to go into a provincial system to serve out the rest of your time. Okay. So that's kind of how that works. Okay. Um, so like a... Not like parole, that would come afterward. Yeah. Right. I got you. Release. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, this individual uh, came from a provincial or was in a federal, went to a provincial, and now was just seeking medical attention, was getting uh, treated for So what happened to him? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Like medically? Yeah. Like why did he need treatment? Um, I don't recall, but though that stuff <clears throat> usually isn't, it's like a privacy thing. Oh, so they so, have rights. Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, yes, okay. for sure. Yeah. Um. So so anyway, he's gone in the wind. Got you. And on the lamb. Yeah. Officers, everybody is out looking for this guy. They okay. find him. I think it only took twenty four hours. I mean, I say only, but right. Thank that's God. Twenty four hours. Right. This, this person was out. This person that hasn't been great to society Correct. already. Yeah. It. Scary. Mm-hmm. Um. And so <clears throat> I remember coming into work, and of course I got the the notice, um, or, or, uh, on my cell phone at home. And so new first thing in the morning, I had to be on John Gormley radio station. He is a, a popular, right, okay. uh, radio guy, 980, I think mm-hmm. CJ and, me. and uh, 830. I had 10 minutes to prepare and pull everything together. But yeah, got on John Gormley. The key message really at that time was, Here's here's the individual, his name, his past offenses, and a brief description or description, something. Okay, and please do not approach. He's right. dangerous. So I mean, with this, every I did a lot of interviews. It was like all week. It, wow. So he was caught, I believe, twenty four hours after. But of course, that story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keeps going, right? Right, right. What was interesting, and it was a challenging uh, case to do, uh, to try and manage, but at the same time, it got me thinking, 
you know, this stuff happens. And I, I kind of am the one, you know, reporting or telling the, the mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. Informing them. Informing them of, right. of what has happened. And so I just kind of thought to myself, you know, I think there's, there's a way, there's got to be a way to look at some of these situations or results, these adverse, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that, adverse results. How do we, per, like, how do we prevent these things from happening? And that's right. where continuous improvement came in. You know, processes, the people within the processes, what's, what's in policy protocol, all those things. So I had decided after that that I was going to try to be more proactive and look at things in the front end to try and figure out how can we really... How can we stop this from happening? Yeah, stop it. Right. Interesting. So, so you yeah. kind of took that. So I kind of do that in my job. So I go in, we run a really lean company. There's not a ton of us there. Mm-hmm. And I try to look at, okay, so if we can, if I can just do this instead of sending the email, getting that other person that should be doing this particular task, but by the time you share the information with them and show them how to do it and then they do it and they may or may not get it correct Mm -hmm. when you can just do it yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So try to eliminate that step in that time and, you know, make it better right from the beginning. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. You felt comfortable delivering this message to the masses (laughs) on an ongoing basis. No, I wasn't comfortable, but um, I got, I became really good at it. It takes practice right, to do things like that. And you make mistakes and you don't want to make the big colossal mistakes because that's very public. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, you don't have a lot of opportunity to get it right. Like exactly. in a podcast where we can, you know, restart edit. and edit, <laughs> yeah. cut it out. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, what I liked about it and what I, and, and the downsides of the job are kind of, there's a, a thin line there, right? Right. Yeah. So, I, mean, I know what you mean. Exciting and long Hard hours. and yeah. personal and stressful. But stressful, this, but yeah. good outcomes. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it's a bit exhilarating. Yeah. It's a bit, if you like, um, if you're kind of a, a, I don't know what you call it. You like to take risks. You like right. to, you Edgy like to just, or... Yeah adrenaline Mm. junkies where you always have to be on your game and you know you challenge yourself every day Mm -hmm. because nothing's ever the same uh it's pretty much what it's like in project management yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so but 10 years of that can really weigh you down so yeah (laughs) I was very glad when my three-year project was it's bittersweet though right like you miss it when it's gone and you want it back when you're away You went from that corrections into continuous improvement, which mm-hmm. is quite a bit different. Very different. And it's not as exhilarating. Um, not, no. I mean, right. it's not like go, 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 go. It's very planned. Not that communications mm-hmm. isn't planned. You just plan really, really fast. Right. You kind of, um, yeah, yeah. You have to cut corners and get your message out. You got to figure out exactly, you got to make sure your facts are right and all that stuff. But I mean, all that stuff is condensed and and happens within minutes. Whereas continuous improvement, you have time to plan, to really and you know schedule yeah. and and the stress meetings. Oh my gosh, there's like almost zero stress, right? It, for me, anyway. Con- yeah, yeah. Comparatively, comparative to where you came from. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it right now and working with people and um, and yeah, just like working with frontline people really is what you do and you. 
and you have leadership uh, support, which is really nice. So excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. I learned actually quite a bit about what you did today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something really amazing came out of working in corrections. Uh huh. Yes. And um, it was kind of like a natural meeting, sort of, right? Your two industries collaborating. So tell me a bit about Darren and kind of how your paths crossed. And Sure. So Darren is my fiance. We're getting married next year. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so Darren and I met in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that usually grabs attention because we did. We had this conversation. <laughs> yes. So we, uh, so there was uh, something going on in his facility and which we won't name just for confidentiality. Right. Yeah. Okay. Where media and stuff. He also, he was in charge of... Um, he was a warden. He was a warden, yes. He mm-hmm. was uh, the warden of a facility, plus he also managed another uh, facility outside of the one that he was he was in, that, that one. So he oversaw another area. A remand unit. Remand yep. unit, okay. And so... Uh, so there was a media thing going on, and um, and we met up there, and we had done some some work together before, about you know just a, an event for him put on for his people. Met, and it was a few years, and it wasn't until I moved into continuous a few and, years. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, we had known. I mean, it was a professional relationship. You right. know, like uh, I showed up. I you know either you know. Uh, put on our, our event or did our media thing, and then I'm out the door, right? Right. Uh, and so it wasn't until continuous improvement where we actually worked on a continuous improvement. I've helped facilitate a continuous improvement event. He was a participant. We ended up working all week together. Oh, interesting. With a bunch so, of other people. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and on that Friday, the last day, Friday, we went out, we all went out to, uh, you know, celebrate the yeah. success, success of the of project. The, right. And it kind of, we kind of hit it off, and it was a bit of a surprise because mm-hmm. we've worked together, um, and really, I didn't, I didn't really see it until, you know, that Friday. Actually, if you talk to Darren... I think he, he tried would, a few more times, though. Yeah, right? if you because yeah. I didn't really clue I in. I kind of remember that. Yeah, him sharing that with me. Yeah. So then, once you clued in, then yeah, you guys then we were yeah, kind of on the each same other. page. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. Congratulations! That's coming Thanks. up. Yeah, Janice is planning a wedding. It's mm-hmm. so fun. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your career or your, oh, your new hobby? Spray tanning. Oh my goodness. It's so much fun, Valerie. Okay. So tell me about it. Okay. So I don't know. Well, okay. I gave, Valerie let me have, let me have some time to spray tan her today. Yeah. So we were practicing. (laughs) Which was really, really fun. I've got really sensitive skin. And so this whole hobby started out with me searching out ways that I could wear makeup or look look like I'm wearing makeup without wearing makeup. Because your um, skin because, is super sensitive. Yeah, I've got sensitive skin. And that kind of took me down the road to spray tan and wanting to know what's in the spray tan. And then that led to, hey, let's just get my certification in spray tanning. It was a bit serendipitous. So she was looking in the paper or on Kijiji or something and then saw spray tan lessons coming up as she yeah. was kind of looking into it. So Yeah, through Style Academy. You kind of like open it up to the universe and yeah. it comes back. and Yeah. 
And I've so, been having tons of fun. Yeah. My um so I'm still in the in the process of getting my certification, but this I, I did my first week this last uh, week I did my three spray tan practices and I'm mm-hmm. trying to get more um practice in and so at the end of I guess Sunday of next week is when I need to go back to my instructor and okay so a week or so yeah do okay. my final spray tan in front of my so instructor. how many how many practice people like me have you done uh so far four Four. Okay. Yeah. And four. how many do you need to have in, or is it certain as many, hours? As, as many, many as, as I can. Yeah. Okay. Just so that I can, you know, make mistakes, which I did today on my poor old ma, on yes. our poor old ma. Yeah. But she's a good sport. She's a good it. sport. Yeah. There's a lot of giggling <laughs> happening. So just yeah. to kind of describe the uh, system that Janice has in place for it. So she has like a large tent that you stand in. So you're, it's a mobile practice. So she come into your home and set up a tent. And she will uh, provide you with before and after instructions on skin care and prepping and taking care of your tan after the fact. Then she kind of goes through a bit of a process on how to stand and how to turn and how to position yourself. So it's really even. Mm -hmm. Um, Her spray tanning equipment is all brand new and very modern. She sets you up, makes you feel very comfortable, so you're not shy or anything. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad. And then um, she takes the time to make sure that everything's blended well. And if you want any extra passes or if you want your skin to be darker in certain areas, like possibly your face, then she can do that as well. Um, and yeah, and then she takes the time to make sure that your cuticles and your toes and like your elbows and areas that could collect more color are cleaned off. And then she teaches you how to save it and protect it mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah. So again, it's mobile. Do you have a business name? Not yet. Okay. No, and I'm not charging yet either. I have to I have to do a bit more research, but I'm having lots of fun right now with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I think I think it's um it's all a natural product. Yeah. Um, so it's non-toxic. It doesn't have a lasting impression in your lungs or anything like previous spray tans I've been in. You're not sure. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And good luck with your certification. Thanks. And anything else? I think that is all. I think that's a wrap. This has been fun, Val. Thanks, Janice. Thank you for listening to today's podcast and let me know what you think by leaving me a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. Music for this show is provided through GarageBand and due to Janice's love for blues, we've chosen Funky Guitar Number 3. The intro and outro for this particular episode is recorded by Janice Wilby. The podcast is produced by me, Valerie Moss, through GarageBand and WordPress. Coming up on the next episode, an interview with a veteran warden for over 20 years. Have you been in jail or spent time in corrections? If you have or know someone who has, 
send me a note at Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca with your story or a story as I'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.